Yo, what's up, Real Champs Podcast listeners and all the Madrid fans? It's Mushtag and Hassan, and we're back. And we always keep saying we're back, so this time I'm not going to make any guarantees. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> about us finally being back and how we're going to try really hard to do this. Because for some reason, Hassan travels, and then I travel, and then I have schoolwork, and then he has schoolwork. So, you know what? We're going to try. No guarantees this time. So I'm tired of letting everyone down. That's that. Anyways, we're going to talk about Real Madrid's preseason so far. Of course, they played in the International Champions Cup. They're back in Madrid. We're going to talk about all the injury issues already and a bit of transfer stuff. Not to say that we're going to sign anyone big, but who knows. Anyway, first game, game one, July something. Who cares what the date was? Anyway, it's 3-1 Bayern Munich. What do you think? I actually thought this, despite the result, we actually played relatively well in this game. Um, they pressed quite well. Um, chances were created quite well. Um, the youngsters looked pretty good in this game. Even the, some of the older stars, Modric, looked pretty good in this game. So to be honest, I wasn't too gutted when they lost because there were positives in that game, I feel at least. I don't know how you felt about it. You obviously, you were, I think you were um, periscoping this game. Yeah. I was. I was in the airport in Madrid periscoping the game. I was like two people there at one point. It was pretty sad. But anyway, um, <laughs> the game was like, it was here and there. There were some bright spots. And then I feel like most of it wasn't that phenomenal, to be fair. I think the highlight of it was Rodrigo's free kick, which was just yeah. That was just amazing. It was so nice to see. I think the fact that we conceded just 15 minutes into the game was really deflating. And I was looking at I was like, I was looking back at the match and I would watch it and then pause the frame every like two or three seconds just to see where everyone is. And that first goal was just such a cluster mess. Like nobody was in the right spot in that first goal. The only person who's in the correct position was Sergio Ramos. So three out of the four of the back line were in the Yeah, it's pretty, spot. pretty bad, isn't it? But it was, unfortunately, it was a growing trend across the game played in North America, which is obviously what something we'll cover against in a little bit, but it is worrying. It it did seem a little, it did seem a little odd to me. I I don't know. But yeah, no, Rodrigo's free kick, that that was something. I just loved how you had Nicolas Tula, who's literally, I don't know if you've seen the video online, but he's literally saying, yeah, go on, go for it, try it, try it. Smacked it straight top bins. I was like, that's what you get, you freaking dick. I, I think it is amazing that he was able to get it. Like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, again, it was one of those games, like, there was, there was negatives for sure. Definitely was negatives, but there was some positives in there, which is, again, why I said I wasn't too gutted about the result. Um, defence has been the biggest issue, though, across all three. Defence has been a horrendous issue this in the, on that North American tour. It was genuinely unbearable to watch at times um, it just looked like Swiss cheese like it was so bad yeah it got it got worse as well which is that's probably the I, I don't like saying the best part about it but it, it, it did get worse as the, as the tour went on like progressively got worse and worse and worse yeah but what, um, what I gotta say though is like even though we got worse and things didn't always look good I feel like something people fail to understand is that in this preseason tour there was no continuity right like the, there was yeah, no, literally zero. Yeah, the, there's no need for a set starting eleven, and there's no need 
to ensure that you have your first team playing the most amount of minutes in every game. This is Zidane swapped out the whole squad, or at least a fair number of the squad at halftime, including goalkeepers. So everything changed in that first game. You had the official starting, uh, the official back four, if you want to call it that. And then in the second game, you had Nacho and Mendy with Ramos and Carvajal. And then in the fourth game, it was Oriazola. Nacho, Oriazola, yeah. Marcelo and Sergio Ramos. So it was like, Ramos was a consistent person, but then you even, even then, I don't know. I feel like it's so difficult to come back after so many months of football. I'm not saying the score, a 7-3 scoreline is okay, but at the same time, it's not like, I don't know. Well, there's obviously other factors to consider as well. Obviously, the there were players missing, you know, like Adam and Letao probably would have featured a couple of times at least. Uh, he was on the tour as a result of playing in the Copa America. Casemiro wasn't available. The biggest guy. Uh, yeah, and the funny thing is, the amount of people that have been literally trashing him over the summer saying, oh, he's rubbish and he can't distribute a ball. You could literally see how, how missed his presence is. And also why selling uh, Urente to Atletico Madrid might just be one of the biggest mistakes we've made in recent memory. Um, because it's literally I think that's just... the biggest error of this transfer window. Yeah, it is. I'd say it's probably the biggest error for sure because there's just, there's no logical backup for him. Okay, you got Fede Valverde, but the sample size of him in that position isn't that big. Um, so as a result, it's, it's, it's hard to really guess of how good he could be in that position, which we'll, I guess we'll see, because I think he's been listed in the squad for this um, Audi Cup. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, but, I believe he has. Um, so who knows? We might see him in that position in the double pivot with either Cruz or Modric. But uh, again, sample size is relatively small, so we can't say for sure just how good he's going to be there and if he can really fill in that position. Um but obviously, there are other players though who probably shouldn't be playing that regularly now, and you could see it. Nacho, I don't want to see regularly playing really anymore because he was, I probably said, the worst defender of the bunch across the, the North America tour by a long way, followed by Danny Carvajal quite easily. Which was odd because we're used to having Nacho be like Mr. Utility and being able to always just do just what's needed and sometimes a little bit more but like this time it's just horrendous i mean the red card what was it in the first game or the second game yeah arsenal? Just like, what are you doing and then that entire right side the defense against arsenal was so bad i was watching it and i was just like what what are they doing carvajal was just out of position consistently and giving the ball up needlessly nacho was never in position either leaving ramos to literally cover the entire penalty box by himself yeah, I think another. I thing that, sorry, go on. No, no, Karen, it's fine. No, I was just gonna say another thing that was so disturbing is how much we played off the right flank, and there was like no play through the middle, and it's like no one thought maybe let's switch to the left. It's just yeah, it's worrying. Like, considering we've got Hazard and Mendy there, who are two new additions as well, and two you know players who are very good going forward. The fact they were so right hands right hand side heavy it was was weird. Uh, Vinicius clearly isn't very comfortable there either I don't think I don't think he's as useful on the right as he is on the left yeah him and Odriozola on the right like obviously Alvaro has to play on the right but the fact that both of them were just so like I don't know they just kept 
chasing the ball yeah. all the time. Like it was just they like each other's heels as well. Like they kept sort of clashing. It was weird. Yeah, like they were so uncomfortable with each other. Um, it's, and it's it was warranted. Just a, it was a... Like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm like, what else can you expect, really? Yeah, again, as you said earlier, preseason, you don't really expect the world of the results. I mean, I, I used the example, I think it was on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I said uh, Manchester United beat Barcelona 3-1 in the 15-16 season. Man United finished fifth that season, um, and Barcelona won the double. So it, it really doesn't draw much parallels, to, to be honest. I mean, last season, we won all of our preseason games and then had the most miserable campaign possible. So it, it doesn't draw much parallels. The only game I would say that I would be pretty like annoyed about and concerned about was that 7-3 drubbing at Atletico Madrid because that in no level is ever acceptable to losing 7-3. Okay, I can understand losing 3-1. That's, that's Okay, it's not the greatest scoreline, but it's not the worst in pre-season at least. But to, to concede seven goals, I mean, to be 6-1 down at like the 60th minute or whatever it was, good Lord, that was so bad. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the greatest look, but like you said, it's not it I don't think it, it is the greatest indicator of how your actual campaign is gonna go the preseason. Especially like not at this point. Like it's the first two hundred and seventy minutes of a whole bunch of guys who've never even stepped on the same pitch at the same time, having to play on the same team. Like, yeah, sure, there are a lot of guys who've been here you know, already for several seasons and they know how to play with one another. But you just look at Eden Hazard, like, I don't know. For me, I just felt that he was so hesitant to shoot. There's so many opportunities he could have taken a shot. And you just think of the highlights at Chelsea, you're like, yeah, he would have shot from there. He would have definitely taken a goal from there. And he didn't. And I don't know if it's nerves, if it's him being worried that people are going to call him greedy if he just starts shooting too much. Like, it's a whole bunch of things that this team has to get through. I think they will get through it before the start of the season. They still have two more games to go. They're playing Tottenham today. They're playing Bayern Munich in a couple of days. And then they just announced that they're going to play uh, Roma, yeah. Roma on August 11th. So I think you get another three more games, another 270 minutes to kind of figure things out. Ensure you have injuries. Injury list is quite long. I think it's five players at this point. But yeah, it is growing. I, I think... If you're if you're Zidane, you're part of that management. And also, if you're just a fan, like you have to look at it optimistically and just put those games behind you and think like, okay, now's the time to start, you know, progressing and moving forward and actually making sure things work out. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's a case of just letting the process play itself out. Um, and then again, as you mentioned, there's a lot of players there who haven't played with each other before. So that's going to take time to uh, set, set, settle down with each other in terms of, you know, how Hazard links up with whoever he's playing left back uh, behind him, how he links up with Benzema and Jovic and stuff. But yeah, there's a growing growing concern on that injury list, though, I must admit. There's quite a few key names on there now. That's a bit odd. Um, this may sound like a weird question, given that minus six goal difference we had in the tournament. But who is the player that had you most excited to watch? Um, I was quite impressed by Ferdinand Mendy through that tournament, to be fair. Uh, especially against Arsenal. I thought he was quite good against Arsenal. If it's not him, probably Rodrigo. I'd say Rodrigo would impress me quite a bit. Um, I knew he was good coming in anyways. 
Um, I mean, I've said to a lot of people, it's maybe a bit of a bold take right now because I'm only Vinicius van Dahl out there, but he's definitely a more complete player than Vinicius in terms of his finishing ability and just just how he is. Um, obviously, I'm not to say that Vinicius is terrible or bad in any sense. He's obviously still got world-class potential, but Rodrigo, I feel, is just that little bit better. So he's the player I'm probably looking forward to most going into the season. But there's a couple of others, aren't we? like Kubo is very good as well. It's kind of a hard question to answer. Um, that was in my view, at least. What about yours? Yeah, Kubo was just wicked to watch. Like, I, I think there's so much hype around him. It, it kind of, I kind of got caught up in that wave, and it was just super cool to watch him play. I know it sounds so cliche, but like his touch is so, like, so silky smooth. I thought that video of him and Eden Hazard in Montreal was kind of cute, where he says. Yeah, like I used to, I watched your highlights so I could kind of adapt my game and develop my game because you're so good on the ball is basically what he said to him. I thought that was kind of cool because now he gets to actually play with them. And of course, I don't think there's any way he stays with the first team, but just to be able to have uh, that access to Hazard, I'm pretty sure he will. I think it's pretty dope. Uh, outside of him, though, I would have to say a player that impressed me so much was Marco Asensio, and it just made me so sad because you could just see the way he was on the ball. I think it was so different than how we saw him last season. Last season, he seemed so timid and so unsure of himself and second-guessing a pass or a shot. But, I mean, this time he was like he just went for it. Like I think he took a couple of shots from distance like we've seen him do in that 16-17 season. And he's got them in the back of the net. Definitely has the ability to put it in the back of the net. But he just looked so fresh and like vibrant. And a lot of people were criticizing him for not joining the U21 team or something like that. I don't even know how he could. Weren't people like giving him shit on Twitter about it? Yeah, there's some people were saying that he should join the team just to sort of get that. Um, well, they were questioning his sharpness, basically, which didn't seem to affect him too much from what we saw of the brief, brief sort of cameos in preseason. But yeah, um, but is yeah, it the only reason he could uh, no, there's a strange, there's a strange system with the uh, under twenty ones. If you were, I think twenty one at the time of qualification starting, which he was. Oh, okay. You were able to play because obviously Danny Sabayos played in it. and He's over twenty one. Vallejo played in it. He's over twenty one. There's a lot of players that actually played in that tournament who were over 21 because I covered it for another outlet. Um, and they, yeah, they, there was a lot of players. There. I mean, even Jonathan Tarr played for Bayern Leverkusen. He's way over 21. I think he's 23, 24. And he played as well. It's a strange requirement. I feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of it being called the under 21s. But, no, but yeah. I get it though because like the qualification process takes so long. So it's like, yeah, it's, you it's were a part of the team that. during qualification and then your birthday happens and now you don't get to play, I guess. It's kind of shitty. Like, it makes sense. At least to me. Yeah, no, it does make sense. It's just like... Oh, no. it I feel it's like it also odd. takes away from it. Yeah, it's just odd. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's why they, uh, they they were saying he should have played in it. But, again, I, I wasn't two-faced because it's, it's one of those, isn't it? isn't it, really? He's He seemed pretty sharp anyways, regardless of whether he played in it or not. Yeah, just he a looked shame, good. obviously, he's now picked up that injury. Yeah, the season-ending injury. And as a result, we now have James Rodriguez. He's back. Yeah. There's no official, official word from Real Madrid, but by the looks of it, he's back, back. 
Yeah, it looks pretty much done. Um, a lot of outlets I'm seeing are saying that they've said that they're going to depend on him this season. I'm just curious to see where they play him, uh, whether it's attacking midfield or as a right winger. I want to see what number he gets. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that as well. Um, it'll probably end up getting some really horrible numbers. I don't know why. It's like, I, I think know, it's just three. Maybe, but I'm pretty sure hasn't that been picked up already? Was that vacant again? By who? No, it's vacant again, isn't it? Because Regulon's gone. Um, yeah, and 24 with Sabayo, so he could have that as well. Yeah, I don't like 24. don't know why I just don't like that number. I like that number. But I think it's really cool that a lot of people were calling for a midfielder, and Madrid were obviously not going to go by a midfielder, unless it was Pogba, which I still don't think is going to happen. But at the end, it just ended up being a guy who was already there. So it's like, you know... Just charity stuff. Yeah, a guy has been away from the club for like 700 days, basically. Um, but yeah, no, he's, it, it's definitely a welcome return because, you know, obviously the statistics that he's put up, both when he was at Madrid and while he's been at Bayern, have just been very, very good. I think people have slept on him a little bit because, yeah, he suffered a few injuries and had a bit of a falling out with Nico Kovac, but um, he still put up some astounding numbers. I mean, in terms of creativity and, and goal scoring from range, just few better than him really I, I there's feel nobody the thing about him is his consistency in play like you know whenever he steps on the pitch like you're gonna get a sure product and it's gonna be the same thing every time yeah i can understand that but again even he's when he was at madrid his numbers were fairly consistent i mean i, I think his goal contribution figures are really strong i'm currently writing about it so i, I did pick up a lot of stats about it but i'll probably be dropping that later today but um yeah, his his goal scoring numbers are like and assisting numbers are ridiculous. I think not last season, the season before last, he had the most frequent assist uh, assist minute ratio in the top five leagues of players with over a thousand minutes. Um, so that's one thing to consider. I think at Madrid, he is averaging nearly a goal or an assist a game. I think it was every ninety nine minutes. Which that's pretty good. It's a pretty strong number. You can't really knock it. Um, yeah, the goal contribution every game is pretty good. So it's definitely to be welcomed back back into the side because obviously last season, in terms of goal scoring, you had Benzema, then a big gap, then you had Bale, and then Sergio Ramos. So it was like literally two forwards who were able to consistently contribute and no goals in midfield, basically. Um, so that that was obviously a massive problem. So it, it, it'd be a welcome return to have him back doing obviously what he does best. I mean, you're only going to watch his final season in Madrid, or even if you want to watch the 15, 16 season to know what he's capable of. I'm definitely buying his jersey this season. I think it's going to be sick. There's just so many people that I'd like want to pick up. It's just it's so hard to choose. I don't even know. Like at the end of last season, I had an idea of who I was going to buy for next yeah, season. Yeah, so did I. I thought, yeah, Hazard done. That's it. <laughs> That's all I, I need. I was going to buy three because I like to buy all three, but I think I was going to do... So I got Marcelo, I got Cruz and Modric. I think I was going to get Varane, Carvajal, and one forward. And just I don't like the third kit, though. I just I just don't like oh it. Oh my gosh, the third kit is so sexy. I love it. I'm not keen on that color. Just not keen. I'm telling you, it looks so good. It looks... it. You know what it looks like? It looks yeah, go on. It looks mint. Yeah, I don't like mint though. I'm not a mint fan. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not a mint. I don't like eating mint either. But it just looks so good. <laughs> I I think uh, it's a sick color. Like I think that's dope. 
who knows? Maybe it'll grow on me if I look at it a bit more. Like, I think I need to see it in the flesh because you can only you can only make so much of a judgment via an image. Um, but it's like there's so many football kits. I know this isn't really related to Madrid. But there's so many football kits across Europe that are just literally screaming at me at the moment. I have like, to pick ooh. up the Ceballos Arsenal kit. That's oh. got to be done. That's only but, because you like Ceballos. That's it. Yeah, of course. But like I'm telling you now, he's going to explode in the Premier season. He will explode. I'm, not, the yeah, I'm not doubting that. We're talking about jerseys. But have you seen Arsenal's third jersey? It's like black and gold. But okay, think of our away jersey. But you know how ours has the black stripes on the shirt on the uh, shoulder. No, uh, theirs has gold it's on it. Gold. No, it's not. It's black. Look it up. They've got black stripes on there. It's really annoying. Our away kit. Yeah, the away kit. The the that sort of blacky blue with the wavy kind of uh, texture thing on it. Yeah, um, but the stripe is gold, isn't it? No, it's black. All black and dark blue. Sure. Absolutely positive. Look it up right now. Go on. <laughs> okay. Oh, shoot, you're right. Also, uh, our female team just announced another signing as well. Oh, did they do it? Yeah, Casey or Kaki, I can't pronounce it. Wait, who? What? Where are you just about... On their actual Twitter, man. Ariel, Casey or Kaki, she's a French player. Oh, I thought they were going to do the Swedish player, Johannesburg, I think her name is. No, that's not out just yet. I have some speculation for that one. They also announced a Brazilian player the other day. Yeah. That That's going to be sick. The only thing that really annoys me is the fact that it's not called Real Madrid Feminino and it's not got the, uh, the, the jersey yet because the thing didn't go through properly. It's yeah. so frustrating. I guess they just couldn't do it fast enough. Yeah, it's one of those, man. But like, because I've seen so many people on Twitter, like, I'm just so annoyed that they don't, they're not wearing the kits, and I'm like, yeah, this is why. Like, I'm surprised that how many people actually don't understand why. But um, it's because they didn't it, read my article. I guess I gotta post the article up again. Yeah, keep posting it, slick it on everybody. But <laughs> yeah, no, that I'm glad. I'm kind of I'm glad that obviously to see that developing. I mean, before I'd say the last couple of seasons, I didn't pay too much attention to the women's game. But after the World Cup, um. And then the developing leagues as well. I've definitely started to pay more attention to it. Um, though I think people need to ch- chill out with, uh, with with the hate on Megan, man. It's getting a bit too much. Yeah, it's uh, y'all need to chill. The topic for another day, though. Yeah, like, go do something else productive. Yeah, just people need to chill out. It's just, it's just sad. But um, yeah, no, it's good to see that Madrid have finally stepped into that into that realm. Um, it's it's obviously it's only going to help further grow their brand as well. It'll be interesting to see how they develop though. I'm looking forward to the first female El Clasico. That's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be wild. I'm I'm I don't know how I'm gonna get the games all the way in Canada, but I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna watch every game this season. That's my goal. Well, uh, we'll see how how he deals with that. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna happen. I don't Give even us an know, update like... in a few months. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know like how it's going to be streamed or whatever, but I guess we're going to figure it out. Oh, God. I'm this... presuming it will be Real Madrid TV, I presume. Yeah, but Real Madrid TV is like so ass Broken. It's <laughs> so broken. Like they were it saying that work. they were going to show all the preseason games on Real Madrid TV. I went on Real Madrid TV, and usually I think, okay, maybe I'm geo-blocked or whatever, but I was actually in Spain, so I was like, it can't be that. And the game wasn't even showing. I was like, this is stupid, but whatever. Yeah, they kept saying, oh, we're going to display it in, in England and it'll be in 1080p. I, I tried to get onto it. The game never loaded. I tried to watch the Spanish version. The quality was so bad. 
Like, it was like, I'd say 140p tops. It was like trying to watch a super, super old YouTube video from like 12 years ago. It just, it was so bad. Yeah. Um, so I've had to use other means of watching games. I'm not going to disclose what those are because we try to keep legal out here. Yeah, we try to keep legal out here. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> anyway, before we wrap up, uh, let's talk about two things quickly. Gareth Bale and Paul Pogba. What do you think will happen? Uh, these, these two sagas are boring me to death. Um, so with Gareth Bale, I think, well, I think the Chinese window closes tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. So if he's going to move to China, it has to literally happen in the next 48 hours. Um, if not, then I assume we're stuck with him for the season. Not the worst thing in the world, because he's obviously still a decent player. But uh, by and large, yeah. Um, I think if he's going anywhere, then it has to be done in the next 48 hours, because I don't see who else is in for him from Europe. But saying that, I've been seeing reports that apparently another Chinese club is in for him because the one that he was going to has signed another European player. For those people who are unaware, China can only have four non-Chinese people in their squad. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens there. As for Pogba, I'm sick of seeing the tweet every other day. The move <laughs> is done. It's coming. It's going to happen in the next 10 to 12 days. Literally, I can guarantee you see that tweet at least once a day from some various accounts. I don't know how close it is or if it's going to happen. I think it all depends on whether United can get a replacement player in time. It looks like they're looking at Bruno Fernandes or Milinkovic Savic, uh, both of which I've seen reports saying that it's happening. Then I've seen some people saying it's not happening. And then uh, Simone Ngozagi comes out and says that we want we consider an offer of 90 million but no one's made an offer to us and then that looks all unlikely it's just like a consistent merry-go-round just doing my head in um, at this point I've just accepted that if it happens it happens and that's great if it doesn't then I won't be too sad because we have Hammers back but yeah that's my take on it I don't know what yours is no, I kind of feel the same way. At this point, I'm just fed up. I'm like, if it happens, it happens, whatever. I think you know I'm not too keen on Paul Pogba anyway. Um, I would like to see Madrid finally figure out the Gareth Bale situation. I think it's going to be a little awkward if he does stay the whole season after everything that was said. Uh, like, who knows if he'd even get minutes if he does. But yeah, it just, I, I think like it you said, so though, yeah. Like that because Marco Asensio is out for the whole season, even though Hamas Rodriguez is back now. I think having extra options is always great. I mean, irregardless, or rather, regardless of the situation and how everything is played out, whatever the case may be, you can't deny that Gareth Bale is a class talent. Like, he has plenty of ability, he's still a great player. I, I don't know, I feel like people aren't giving him the credit he deserves. It's just it's more of a, a red tape political kind of thing as opposed to the fact that he isn't a good player. Yeah, I think people have really sort of blurred the lines in the sense that they think he's just not a good player. He is a good player still, uh, and he still can contribute. It's just um, a case of how consistently. Obviously, we know his injury record isn't great. Um, but to just rule him out as a terrible player is just it's, just shows that people have ridiculously ridiculously strong agendas um, yeah okay it may not be his biggest fan but I would never turn around and turn around and call him a trash player 
um because it's just not true it's just not true at all um but yeah no we'll see what happens with that i mean i can't see him staying i think they'll do anything and everything in their power to get rid of him but if they're gonna do it they need to do it pretty soon because the premier league window closes i think in eight days might be 10 somewhere in that window um and i don't know how many suitors across europe he really has I think that if he goes anywhere, it has to be in England. I don't see him wanting to go to Germany or Italy or France. Yeah, neither do I, man. I don't personally see it either. But if the offer comes in and he wants to take it, then I guess then, yeah, that's great. But yeah, personally, I think it has to be England. But I just don't see who... The problem is his wages. It's not so much the fee. I think Spurs Wages made like a 50 to 60 million offer. But he's on so much money, it's a joke. I think he's on something like 675,000 euros a week before taxes, obviously. I thought it was three. Um, that's, that's after taxes. Uh, before taxes, it's like oh. 675. It's a stupid amount. Okay. Um, I mean, China are offering him something like 1.2 million per week. That's nuts. That's a silly amount of money. But um, yeah, the problem is you won't take a wage cut, and that's what's holding him up. Um. So until we can find somebody that's willing to pay that absolutely ridiculous wage, I think he's probably going to be stuck. Um, unless Madrid could come up with a solution like sending him out on wage and offering to pay like 50% of his wages. Sorry, send him out on loan and offer to pay 50% of his wages. That's the only way out I can see at this point. Yeah, I feel like it's redundant at that point. But... <coughs> Jesus, are you okay? Yeah, man, I'm just a bit sick at the moment. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I guess we'll end the podcast here anyway. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the game today against Tottenham in the Audi Cup. Let us know what you think. Hassan may be doing a Periscope Live. I'll be in class, so sucks for me. Probably won't even be able to watch the game. But we'll talk to you guys soon. Again, not making any guarantees as to when we'll be back. But hopefully, it's Tuesday today. Let's see if we can be back before Friday. All right, guys. Do you want to say anything? I know. You're good. No, no, I'm good. Oh, I feel like usually you would have said something. But whatever. Peace out, guys. Enjoy the game. And as always, Hala Madrid.